Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to the show, family. This, as you can see, is open source news. And this is what I like to call the midnight show. It's going up very, very late or early, depending on your time zone. And it's probably midnight somewhere. It's definitely midnight through most of North America as I record this. Big hug to all of y'all. Welcome to the show. If you don't know who I am, my name is James, a.k.a. BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. I'm bringing you real news every day, sometimes twice a day. And because I've got more news I want to cover, sometimes even three times a day, even though that's very rare. Let's start off with what's going on in D.C. Look, Kevin McCarthy, he only has one one person of Congress, one uh, Republican in Congress can say, you know what, I don't think he's doing a good job and, rec- and, and get the ball started to recall him as Speaker of the House. One. He's, uh, he's on a very, he's on thin ice, as the American idiomatic expression goes. I don't know if that idiomatic expression holds in other countries, English-speaking countries, but we all understand the visual there. The guy has got to perform, and he is, even though I am not a fan of Kevin McCarthy, I think anyone who's run his program from before and during the week fight for the Speaker of the House will know. But he's doing a bang-up job these first few weeks. So let's talk a little bit about the capital intrigue going on. Now, one thing that is very uh, important to get things done is that the Speaker of the House has to be able to compromise and work with not just all of the people in his party or a good block of other people in his party, but also the other party, and also an advancing legislation that even has a chance, a prayer of being passed, there's got to be some coordination with the Senate. There's got to be some dialogue with the Senate. Well, this is what we got with Kevin McCarthy. Not only um, is he talking with people in the Senate, he's talking to key people in the Senate on the other side of the aisle. Pretty good politics. Talking to a senator, a Democrat senator, and you can probably guess who that is. It's not cinema because now she's independent. Of course, we're talking about Joe Manchin, Democrat out of West Virginia, a conservative old school, I, I wouldn't say old school uh, conservative, uh, a more conservative, let's say, that doesn't quite hold either, a more moderate or middle of the road, more center Democrat. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy told Joe Manchin, that Republicans would not make cuts to Social Security or Medicare to offset the debt ceiling. This happened uh, yesterday. And what here's what uh, here's what happened. Manchin, th- this is broken once again. The story comes from Punchbowl News. Manchin also said he hopes Biden will negotiate over the debt limit. So we have a Democrat that knows that the Republicans are not going to touch Social Security or Medicare. That's off the table in the negotiations. And 
Joe Manchin is hoping that Joe Biden won't just stonewall and will negotiate with the Republicans. Now, of course, the Republicans for the raising of the debt ceiling are going to want spending cuts. Okay, so that's the that's the exchange. That's the quid pro quo. That is the negotiation taking place. Republicans want cutting in spending and they are willing to raise the debt ceiling. So last week, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that the United States has hit its $31.3 trillion debt limit. $31.3 trillion debt limit. Wow. And she said that the, the, the Treasury Department could use some extraordinary measures for the first half of 2023 to keep things afloat. But after June, they're not going to be able to keep the government from defaulting on its debts. So there is some time for negotiation. There is some time uh, to, to get closer to running out the clock in 11th hour. But that's only four or five months from now. And we know how these people in Washington are as fast as molasses. In other words, they're slow moving. They wait till the last minute. And it's good to see that Kevin McCarthy is talking to get these things going on right now. Now, while speaking to mayors from across the country in the White House last week, Biden uh, did say that in, in D.C., the work ahead of them was they needed to focus on making sure we do not accumulate more debt. But his situa- his solution as a Democrat, as a Marxist, and as a puppet of the hard left is tax hikes. Tax hikes. And of course, uh, pushing the continued false narrative that Republicans are looking to make cuts to Social Security and Medicare, even though that is off the table. We're hearing this from the Senate and from House Republicans. Now, Manchin wants Biden to negotiate with some of these cuts in spending. Remember, Manchin is the most conservative when it comes to spending in the Senate on the Democrat aisle. Matter of fact, I think he actually may be more conservative on spending than some of the people. I think Mitt Romney votes for every spending and some others as well. Collins... Uh, the usual suspects. This is what Manchin said. He said, I think it's a mistake because we have to negotiate. This is a democracy that we have. We have a two-party system, if you will, and we should be able to talk and find out where our differences are. If they're irreconcilable or irreconcilable, then you have to move on from there and let the people make their decisions. Using the debt ceiling and holding it hostage hasn't worked in the past. If anyone wants to look at what happened in 2011 and 13, then go ahead. It didn't work out well. All right, and there's a lot of political fallout and backlash from that. Manchin also predicted that there would be no Social Security cuts to any uh, cuts to anyone already receiving benefits, and asserted that everyone's using that as leverage. So everyone's on the same page on that. Let's just move forward and stop Joe Biden from making that false claim that Republicans want to gut it. As a matter of fact, who is the de facto leader of the Republican Party? Did someone say Donald Trump, Trump the greatest president ever in our lifetime? Yes, that is true. And this is what he has said. And I, and I quote here from, uh, this is what uh, they say that President Trump is saying. Cut waste, fraud, and abuse everywhere that we can find it. And there's plenty of it. But do not cut the benefits of our seniors. Do not cut the benefits our seniors worked for and paid for their entire lives. Save Social Security. Don't destroy it. So President Trump has warned sternly 
that Republicans are not to make cuts to either Social Security or Medicare. And he's right in saying that there's plenty of wasteful spending that can be cut in other places. Kevin McCarthy, let's continue with what he's uh, doing with the new subcommittee. And this subcommittee is the pandemic subcommittee. This week, he also announced members of this subcommittee on the pandemic. Remember, he vowed when he was speaker that he investigate the origins of the virus. So Brad Wenstrup is going to chair the committee and it's going to have some high, fro- high profile people on there. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Ronnie Jackson, Republican out of Texas. Remember, Ronnie Jackson was President Trump's physician, also the physician to George W. and to Obama before that. Wenstrup, who is going to be chairing the committee, is an Army veteran and a, as a physician, and he is no stranger to looking into the origins of the virus, uh, having released a statement in December following a House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence report uh, investigating the origins of said virus. So this is uh, this is good stuff. Ronnie Jackson tweeted out, I can't read you the entire tweet, but I will edit the tweet. I'll just leave some words out and you can fill in the blank. I'm proud to announce that I've been chosen for the Select Subcommittee on the pandemic. Every lie to us told by will be revealed. Every lie about the will be revealed. Every lie that was used to lock you down will be unearthed. We will review. Uh, we will. We will reveal the truth. So good news there, folks. Good news there. Now is a time when I ask you, folks, to please, please, if you haven't done so yet, the biggest thing you can do is just hit the like button, share this episode, the link to this episode, across social media. And put your comment down below. Your engagement with this program helps us with the YouTube algorithm. Uh, we are getting uh, pummeled. I'm not the only one. I uh, caught a lie from Kevin over at Kevin's Corner, another black uh, conservative. And he has started, if you, if you subscribe to him, he actually is starting another channel because he is just saying that they're just decimating his channel. Like, he, they're just totally shadow banning him. And he's going to, uh, he's starting a new channel, I think it's called, uh, something think like uh, Get Up and Think or uh, something like that. So go to his last video if you're a Kevin's Corner fan and uh, click down below. Uh, He said he'll be putting a link to his new uh, channel. So we appreciate you doing those things. Those really help us out. By the way, we do have a sister channel here on YouTube. It's called the BCP Report. Links to everything I'm mentioning are down below. So check it out. Uh, Juniorette will be starting once again with her daily reports starting Thursday. And I am uh, proud to say that our uh, our other show, BCP Unfiltered, can be found at The Real BCP. That's on Locals. You can also watch it at bcpextras.com. That's on Patreon. And now... The show, you can watch a video version of our show, BCP Unfiltered, as well as this program on Spotify. So this particular program, Open Source News, you can watch here on YouTube, but you can also catch it on Spotify. Spotify allows you to upload video content 
and you can watch every episode of this show. Now you have two ways you can watch it, on YouTube or on Spotify. Going forward, every single episode of Open Source News will also be on Spotify, as well as our other show, BCP Unfiltered, will also be on Spotify in video format. Okay, so let's get back to the news, folks. Thank you for, I, I'm not, I, I don't take on sponsorships. You know, I'm not a paid, paid, uh, paid spokesperson. I, I don't do any of that stuff. But this is how we pay our bills around here by letting you know everywhere you can catch us so that we can grow our audience since it's a little bit more difficult on this platform. Boy, are the liberals racist against black conservatives. Okay, let's do some fact checking right now. Some ridiculous stuff. So representatives Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and another representative from Minnesota are claiming that Speaker Kevin McCarthy removed them from certain committee assignments as a result of a deal with fellow Republicans during the speakership race. Okay, they're making this claim. Uh, they're, they're going out there uh, making this claim. Uh, I will play you something at the end of this episode. It's a ridiculous thing, but that's what the claim they're making. Now, let's fact check this. This is absolutely false. So why do you know this is false? It's this. As I read to you the letter to Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries two days ago, well, actually yesterday for when I'm recording this, reaffirmed that he was rejecting Schiff and Swalwell's appointments to the House Permanent Select Committee uh, because they were, as um, he said, they're not trustworthy and they violated their trust and should not be on there. Eric Swalwell for being with Fang Fang and uh, Adam Schiff for lying, saying, uh, having knowledge of the truth and lying and saying things separately. But that doesn't stop these trio from lying. But here's how we know that they are lying. It's so easy to fact check. Supposedly, this was, according to them, that um, this is what they're claiming, that McCarthy, quote, struck a corrupt bargain in his desperate and nearly failed attempt to win the speakership, a bargain that required political vengeance against the three of us. Okay, but here's what we know, folks. We were reporting that McCarthy was going to do this before we even got into that speakership battle. McCarthy made his plans clear to remove the Democrats from these specific assignments more than a year before the speakership election. And that long thing happened. He did that back in December, not of 2022, of December 2021. This is what he said. The Democrats have created a new thing where they're picking and choosing who could be on committee. Never in the history have you had the majority tell the minority who could be on committee. But this new standard, um, which these Democrats have voted for, if Eric Swalwell cannot get a security clearance in the private sector, there's no reason why he should be given one to be on Intel or Homeland Security. So that will not, he will not be serving there. So there you have it right there from December 2021. Kevin McCarthy, who was planning on being speaker when the Republicans took back the House, saying over a year before the battle for the speakership took place that he would not allow Swalwell to be on the Intel Committee. And he said the same thing about Adam Schiff in the same interview. You look at um, 
Adam Schiff, he should not be serving on Intel. When he has openly, knowingly now used a fake dossier, lied to the American public in the process, and um, doesn't, doesn't have any ill will, says he wants to continue to do it. So there's a video evidence well over a year before the battle, and he also spoke about the representative from Minnesota as well. Okay, folks, let's uh, let's let's uh, have another fact check here. So, failed uh, Texas gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke is claiming that he has returned a million-dollar donation that he received from former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried. He said he did this. Uh, this is this a spokesman for O'Rourke said in November that the campaign returned the unsolicited $1 million donation Bankman-Fried gave the Texas Democrat in October. An O'Rourke spokesman said that the refund was issued prior to FTX's bankruptcy and the discovery of Bankman-Fried's reportedly illegal business practices. Okay, so O'Rourke, isn't it it amazing that we know who Beto O'Rourke is and he hasn't won anything on a national stage. Twice a loser. First to Ted Cruz, then I think he dropped out even before the primaries, and he lost big to Governor Abbott in Texas. And he says, I turned the money back. I did it before he did the bankruptcy and before all the illegal practices came out. As soon as his name was hot, I just gave the money back. Well, folks, there's a lot of documentation out there, and these people must think we're stupid. The Washington Free Beacon today, Wednesday the 25th, even though we're getting close to midnight. So if you're watching this on Thursday, it was yesterday, Wednesday. Better O'Rourke is holding on to $100,000 in tainted crypto cash. Texas Democrat took $1 million from disgraced crypto kingpin Sam Bankman-Fried. Better O'Rourke claims he returned a million-dollar campaign contribution from Sam Bankman-Fried before the crypto kingpin's meteoric collapse in November. But campaign records show O'Rourke is holding on to $100,000 of that donation, raising questions about the failed Texas Democrat and uh, Democratic gubernatorial candidate's claims. A spokesman from O'Rourke said in November that the campaign returned an unsolicited $1 million to avoid ethical headaches related to SBF's money. O'Rourke spokesman Chris Evans said the refund was issued on November 4th before the election and prior to the news stories that would later come out about the donor. But O'Rourke's latest campaign filing contradicts those assurances. In a report last week, the campaign disclosed a $900,000 refund to Bankman Freed on November 4th. Not a million dollars. He kept back 10%. What? Is Ben O'Rourke now tithing himself? It is not clear why the campaign only reserved part of the donation for victims. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the O'Rourke campaign said it will replace the money and the fund for victims of FTX's collapse. Now, here's, here's the thing. They said, the better O'Rourke people, that they did this before November 4th, before the fallout, they returned the million dollars. We find out that's a lie because they only returned 900000 Granted, it's 90% of it, but they're still holding back 100000 But here's where the lie is absolutely ridiculous because they're holding it for victims of FTX's collapse. Uh, 
they said that they returned the money, a million dollars, which they didn't, before everything ever came out. So if they didn't know, or you know, they suspected, but if they didn't know how to know, this was before he went to bankruptcy, before any of these things, and all of a sudden they were setting up a fund. Why wouldn't they send that money back, which those assets should be frozen, right? And then let the government figure it out. I mean, since these are Democrats we're talking about here who thinks that the government is all-knowing. Now, this is interesting. When you look at his campaign funds, uh, he has just 212000 cash on hand. Those extra $100,000 on the books almost double his cash on hand. Is he running for office again? We don't know. I, why else would he need the cash on hand? Very interesting things going on here. All right, folks. The GOP House members have introduced a bill to repeal the National Firearms Act. I talked about they were going to do this, but now it's official. Um, it's the uh, a group of Republican House members led by Re Representative Eric Burleson from Missouri put forth the legislation on Wednesday to repeal the National Firearms Act, thereby stripping the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives of the ability to turn law-abiding gun owners into criminals. It's called the Repeal the NFA Act. So I told you this was coming up, I think, last week, but now it's official. Burleson has uh, put it forward. It is uh, co-sponsored by Andy Biggs, who applauds Re uh, Representative Burleson's legislation that will prevent the federal government from imposing draconian registration mandates on law-abiding gun owners. Uh, this was turbocharged and supercharged. I'm a car guy, so forgive the, uh, the analogy. When the gun braces rules were passed by uh, the uh, by the uh, ATF, so the NRA and others said this this is it. We just got to get rid of ATF. Okay, let's get into Biden. I put it toward the end because we have enough Biden news, but we need we do need to report on the latest uh, developments. The National Archives, surprise, surprise miss the House Oversight Committee's deadline to comply with requested documents. They're supposed to be in by or before January 24th. I'm recording this at the end of the 25th. They are now over a day late. Uh, on January 10th, the committee demanded that the National Archives hand over records detailing the interactions between Biden's attorneys and the Justice Department. Quote, the National Archives has not produced the requested documents to their committee at this time. Chairman Comer's request still stands and anticipates moving forward with a transcribed interview with the National Archives General Counsel soon. So, that's that. And why? Why? How did this all happen? Let's go over to uh, Senator Marco Rubio, who gives us a little insight as a senator and knows how these things work. Let's bring in Florida Senator Marco Rubio. He's a member of the Intelligence Committee. In the Senate, you, you really, it's not like you can bring these things into your office without the proper protocols being followed to begin with. And generally, most members of the Senate can't do that if they don't have a, a staff member who's cleared to bring you documents to read and has to come in a special uh, secure pouch that has to be locked. And that person themselves has to have the clearance to be able to move it around. So for a senator to take classified documents, they would have to do it almost deliberately. Marco Rubio, being a politician there, it's very obvious that Biden did it deliberately. Now, here's a little detail that I thought was very important that Marco Rubio gives us, which is further indication that this was on purpose, 
by design, wasn't a fluke, wasn't a mistake. It was done with intention. But the one that's concerning here is that a bunch of uh, products, a bunch of documents were moved to his to the center at the university. These documents apparently were not. So at some point, somebody had to go through these boxes to decide what goes to the center and what doesn't go to the center. So why were these left behind in the house and the others were delivered to the center? In other words, someone had to filter them and decide, oh, these particular documents have to mistakenly go to the UPenn Biden Center, where Chinese paid over $54 million for its funding, and a million dollars went into the pocket of Joe Biden for being a professor who doesn't teach courses and does nothing except receive a million dollars. Hmm. I hope we get answers to these questions. I think these are the kinds of things we need answers to. Right now, we're not getting any answers from the Director of National Intelligence, but we will. And, uh, and I think there's a bipartisan commitment, frankly, to get those answers. And you know what? There truly is a bipartisan wanting to get this information. The Republicans want to get to the bottom of the corrupt administration slash regime of one Joseph Biden Jr. And the Democrats want exposed just enough to get rid of him, put in Kamala Harris, but not have us discover what was really being done with those documents. Once again, the golden question, the million dollar question hasn't been answered. Why were they looking for these documents in the first place? What was the predicate? What was the catalyst for them to even go through the home and UPenn to begin with? Moving along, folks, let's get into the Pelosi's. They've done it again, and they're laughing all the way to the bank. We have from Nancy Pelosi Stock Tracker. I've reported them before. They actually track the stocks of Nancy Pelosi. This is a midnight show, so let me be a little bit personal uh, here. Today, Wednesday 25th, I was asked to be a guest speaker and lecturer uh, for a class. And on uh, it was a, a class on economics and entrepreneurship. So I went and taught the class as like a as a guest. I, I think I probably taught more actual students than Joe Biden ever has. So I went in as a guest lecturer, uh, teacher, what have you, uh, sub, whatever you want to call me. I went in uh, to teach. And one, when we were done, we did a Q&A and someone's asking me about the markets and I don't play the markets, like I don't day trade. So I was like, no, I don't do that. And I explained to them how, uh, jokingly, I said to these, uh, these young men and women, I said, hey, look, if you want to do really well, just follow Nancy Pelosi's stock trades. And some of the students knew exactly what I was talking about and some of them did not. But, you know, if you're a young adult, you may not be following these types of things. But this is what happened. So we know that Google is being investigated um, by the Department of Justice because Merrick Garland filed an antitrust lawsuit against Google this week for their ad monopoly. I haven't reported on it, so I'm reporting on it now. That was a few days ago. Might have been just yesterday, actually. So this week, it's announced that the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland have filed this lawsuit. And this is what we are finding out. Surprise, surprise. Paul Pelosi 
dumped 20,000 shares of Google stock in December last month, a full month before the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland filed their antitrust lawsuit this week. He knew this a month before that this was going to happen and he dumped the stock. The DOJ has officially opened up a lawsuit against Google to break up its ad technology monopoly. Pelosi sold $3 million worth of Google just four weeks ago. Wild. And then they have the source is the periodic trans, uh, transaction report that they're supposed to fill out. Fox Business says, Paul Pelosi, the multimillionaire husband of former House Speaker and current representative Nancy Pelosi, sold 30,000 shares. Actually, it's 30,000, not 20,000. Shares of someone's got to change their, uh, correct their, uh, their byline here. Because the article does say 30,000. So 30,000 shares of Google stock a month prior to the Department of Justice announcement of an antitrust lawsuit against the tech giant, according to financial disclosures filed with the House of Representatives. The periodic transit transaction report filed with the House notes that each transaction involved an amount between half a million and a million dollars and yielded capital gains of more than 200,000, although it's unclear how large the profit was. Taken together, the trades involved 30,000 shares and up to $3 million worth of assets. The DOJ in eight states announced a lawsuit against Google on Tuesday, yesterday, alleging the company engaged in anti-competitive behavior and exercised a monopoly over internet search traffic. Google's anti-competitive behavior has raised barriers to entries to artificially high levels, forced key competitors to abandon the market for ad tech tools, dissuaded potential competitors from joining the market, and left Google's few remaining competitors marginalized and unfairly disadvantaged. This is actually something that Bill Barr should have done or Jeff Sessions, or it's just a ruse, do an investigation that leads to nothing. Matt Gates was uh, on uh, Tim Pool's Tim Cast show. I never watched that show ever, but I got a, I was actually sitting down unwinding and I just finished dinner and my wife was talking on the phone. So I, so I, I had my phone next to me. I was going to cast something uh, to in our family room and it buzzes. Oh, Tim Pool is live with Matt Gates. I go, oh, that's pretty cool. I like Matt Gates. Let's see what he has to say. And this is one of the things he said about insider trading that politicians do, are able to do, and, and in the case of the Pelosi's, do very successfully. I do not believe that members of Congress should trade individual stocks. Yeah. We have information that other people do not, and we have the ability to impact how various companies do based on the types of programs we authorize or uh, or that we pull. And as I reported earlier, we now have this legislation introduced in the House, the Pelosi Act, <laughs> uh, to stop this sort of shenanigans. Let's uh, let's see where it goes. I doubt the uh, the Senate will pick it up because. It's not just in the House. This problem exists. And we've got more Pelosi news. A San Francisco judge today, Wednesday or yesterday, depending when you watch when you're watching this, granted a motion to release San Francisco Police Department body cam footage of the Paul Pelosi attack and other evidence sought by a coalition of news organizations. So as we previously reported, we had the New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, San Francisco Chronicle, the Press Democrat, CNN, Fox News, CBS, ABC, NBC, and KQED, and the Associated Press, who I think was leading the coalition, to release the body cam footage. And it was, now today, 
San Francisco judge grants motion to release body cam footage of Paul Pelosi attacker, other evidence sought by press coalition. Now, of course, the San Francisco district attorney fought to keep the footage under seal. Why? Because the Pelosi's and other Democrats, they treat and have the privileges in Northern California like they do in D.C., or the police, what's the Capitol Police, the San Francisco Police Department, they're all part of the cover-up. They're uh, citing, uh, Brooke Jenkins, San Francisco, is citing theories of the conspiratorium to not release uh, footage. Quote, given the widespread misinformation and theories disseminated by mainstream and fringe media around this case already, it could become a vehicle for improper purposes. What? How are you going to spin something when you have the truth in front of you? Obviously, a never another another cover up, and uh, don't forget that they've made this commitment. But these people are dishonest because they say that it should be released, but there is no word yet as to when it will be released. And let me follow up on two news items here. President Trump has responded to Meta, aka Facebook's decision to reinstate him on Facebook and Instagram. He took to Truth Social and simply said, Facebook, which has lost billions of dollars in value since deplatforming your favorite president, me, has just announced that they are reinstating my account. Such a thing should never again happen to a sitting president or anybody else who is not deserving of retribution. Thank you to Truth Social for doing such an incredible job. Your growth is outstanding and future unlimited. And I suspect that it, right now, President Trump is going to treat Facebook like Twitter and just be on Truth Social. But Facebook, of course, is going to be a very, very powerful platform as we get closer to 2024 and the 2024 run. And I want to end with this last clip. It's 34 seconds long of Congressman Adam Schiff whining about being removed from the House Intelligence Committee. And I want you to pay attention to two things. It tells you everything you need to know what he's doing or asking for on this video and where this video was posted. Hello, I'm Congressman Adam Schiff with some troubling news. Today, Kevin McCarthy removed me from the House Intelligence Committee, all for doing my job, for holding Trump accountable and standing up to the extreme MAGA Republicans. We knew it would be bad when the Republicans took over, but it's far worse than we expected. But I can promise you this, this is not the end of my fight for our democracy. This is just the beginning. Please join us and contribute today. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. The guy who wants to be on the House Intel Committee is using Chinese spyware known as TikTok to raise money for his upcoming campaign. Folks, you can't make this crap up. Thanks for being here. Like and share. Subscribe if you're not uh, subscribed. And please check out uh, our show. The podcast is everywhere. Let me tell you where we're at so you know. We are on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Audible. And we're going to be adding Stitcher and a few others in the coming days. The links to everything are down below. Ciao, goodbye, God bless.